Here's the other thing that they said is that these projections presented include mm-hmm. the trustees' best estimates of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and, listen to this, the ensuing recession. <laughs> Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on this episode, we're going to talk about something we've talked about in the past, but we thought it'd be a good idea to come back to this topic, and the topic is Social Security. There's been some significant updates that Mm -hmm. we want to bring you up to date on, uh, because as all of us are aware, this is something that will be in our future in some way or another. And we want to put that in the right context so that you can be properly prepared to know whether you can depend on it, what you should do, how you should um, proceed, considering how this is going to impact both your finances while you're still working. And of course, once you start taking these benefits. So David, why don't you just kick us off? Yeah, Leo, I was looking back and it was in April and May of 2019, two years ago, that Mm -hmm. we did a three-part series. It was episode 69, episode 70, episode 71. We did a three-part in-depth dive into Social Security as a whole program. And, And we're saying Social Security because that's the common language that we all know, but it is really the old age Survivors and Disabilities Insurance Program. It's called OASDI, Old Age Survivors and Disability Insurance. We did a deep dive in this, but what today we wanted to go through is an update of how the program is actually doing. Mm -hmm. And this is not our opinion. Nope. This is Leo and I reading to you parts of the 2021 annual report from the board of trustees of this program. Uh, This is a report that is required to be put together. It says the Social Security Act. This is in the actual report. Uh, And we're just going to read the introduction. The report is like 300 pages long. We're going to read a little bit from the introduction. The Social Security Act requires that the board, among other duties report annually to Congress. Mm -hmm. That means every year Congress is getting this kind of data. Yeah. It says it requires that they report annually to Congress on the actuarial status and the financial operations of the OASI and the DI trust funds. All together, it's old age survivors and disability insurance. I'm going to reference it as Social Security, and I'm also going to talk about Medicare. It's a little bit more nuanced than Social Security because Social Security, it encompasses people who are in retirement. It encompasses people who have passed away and there's some money set aside for the survivors in their family and for people who are unable to work due to various disabilities. So we're going to cover the whole program, but but I'm going to use the term social security because it's yeah. a little clearer than yeah, OASDI. Yeah. Here's the other thing that they said is that these projections presented include mm-hmm. the trustees' best estimates of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and listen to this, the ensuing recession, <laughs> which I find very interesting because they're, literally what they're saying is obviously there's been some changes or, mm-hmm. or to the program due to the recession. Uh, I'm sorry, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but also we know inflation and everything. Things are looking good in the stock market, but there are some things that are coming down the pike that I think will change uh, the, the, the financial picture of what we're dealing with today. 
That's right. So uh, the reason that we're going through a quick update on this and reading through the report directly, you're not getting Leonai's opinion, you're getting actual stack stats and data from the from the trustees that are managing this fund. Um, the reason we're doing this is so that you can have a better understanding of how to plan for Social Security or for the impacts that you're about to see in this report, um, how it might dip into and pull away from the benefits you get in Social Security. Mm -hmm. And so we want you to have a good plan in place. We want you to be getting money right. And Social Security and these benefits are a big part of that. So let me read a little bit of the report here. It says that the pandemic and the recession are assumed to lead to elevated mortality rates over the next three years and delays in birth and immigration. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting. It's cool to see the things that they find to be important, that they measure, the statistics they're looking at. Another important thing here, it says that the program has been paying out to approximately 665 million people. 65 million people are receiving benefits, but right now we have 175 million people that are paying into the program. Now that is, it's less than three to one. At three to one would be 180 to 60. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so it's, it's less than three to one because it would be 195 and it says 175. But when this program started, it was like eight to 10 people paying in mm -hmm. per one benefiting. Per one. Yep. Right now, it's less than three paying in to one benefiting. This is very important in the overall numbers because what it means is that once the the savings account that they have, it's called a, 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 a reserve, um, a trust reserve fund, but once that runs out, we do not have enough people paying in to fully cover the people that are getting benefits right. fully. And you'll see that in a second. So it says that Social Security's cost has exceeded its non-interest income since 2010. Mm. That means at some point around 2010, there were so many fewer people paying in compared to the amount of people getting money out that all of a sudden they're paying more than they're bringing in. There was a, a long season where we actually had more money going into Social Security and then they could put it into savings and then they could draw on that savings in the future. For the last 11 years, we've been drawing down the savings. Yeah, plus the interest that, that you can earn on it as you're drawing it down is less because there's less available. Yes. It's kind of like when you take out a, a 401k load on, yes. out of your 401k. Now you have less money that could grow. That's right. This is the same thing. As they're paying it, the balance is going down. There's less interest, less coming in. So it's definitely going in the wrong direction. Right. Has been for a while. So these reserves that were there prior to 2010, uh, the reserves today, they're at $3 trillion. Over the next nine years, by 2030, they will be down to $1.3 trillion. So we're going to spend two-thirds almost in the next 10 years. It says that all of the reserves, all of that savings will be completely depleted by 2034, which means that now we'll be relying on those two and a half people paying for the one person, and that actual statistic doesn't work because those two and a half people are only paying less than 15%, around 15% of their income but the person drawing benefits, it, almost 100% of their income is coming from this. There's a lot of math and a lot of data here, but it's important to realize by 2034, there will be no reserve funds in Social Security. Uh, that means 
that if we wanted to solve the problem today, and if we defer, it'll be even worse, but if we wanted to solve the problem today and keep Social Security going at the same benefits, what we would have to actually do is increase the payroll taxes by over 3%, 3.36. Now, right now today, the payroll taxes um, are a combination of Social Security and Medicare, the total that goes out of our paycheck is 7.65 from our employer and 7.65 from our personal paycheck for a total of 15.3%. Now, that's if you're employed. If you are a small business owner and you have a profit, you have to pay all 15.3% out of your own pocket. That's and right. you have to pay income taxes, which could be another 20%. So you're easily giving away more than 30% of your income to the government on every dollar that comes into your small business. Mm-hmm. Let's just hold on to that for a second. <laughs> yep. So this would be another 3 plus percent increase. Now, that's if we actually want to solve the problem. I cannot think of one president or congressman or senate woman like anyone in all of the elected officials i can't think of one person in the last 20 years that i've heard get excited to talk about raising taxes to pay for social security i i can't think of anyone nobody Mm -hmm. is talking about this nobody is willing to do the hard work because nobody wants to be the bad guy raising taxes three percent on top of the inflation we're experiencing right now that's a real hit to your income oh yeah um okay The other option, if we don't increase taxes by 3%, is that we reduce a permanent reduction in benefits of about 21% to all current beneficiaries and future beneficiaries. So let's say you're living on Social Security, which is not a lot of money, but let's say that you're relying on it as an individual in retirement, and you lose 20% of your income. Mm. That's staggering. Yeah. That is, that is, that is massive. You, like that's, that's your rent. That will put some people on the street. Uh, absolutely. Because they won't be able to afford a place and the food that they need for every month. Interestingly so. enough, like there are people in California living on the street today, mm-hmm. drawing their social security check. It's not enough to pay for housing. So they live on the street in tents, but they draw on their social security to pay for their food. Um, it, it is part of the homeless problem we have is that the money isn't enough. So le- cut it by another 20%. Yeah. You're looking at real that. trouble. <laughs> yep. So you can either do the, the tax increase or you can reduce benefits or you could do a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any president doing anything about this between now and 2034 when it becomes, um, when all the savings is gone. So that means that it'll actually be worse because if you get to 2034 and all of a sudden the savings is gone and the and the trust fund is saying, guys, we're cutting benefits by 24% today. Yeah, That's where you'll see politicians really start to freak out. It says that if you waited till 2034, uh, it would be, they'd start paying out 76% of the benefits, which is a 24% reduction. Yeah. So everyone that is a part of this um, trustee uh, of managing the board of trustees, managing OASDI, all Social Security and, and Medicare, they all recommend that lawmakers address these shortfalls in a timely manner. This is written in the report. Please address these in a timely manner uh, in order to phase in necessary changes gradually and give workers and beneficiaries time to adjust to them. Mm-hmm. 
I don't see any politicians doing that. I see them asking for it, but I don't see any politicians doing that. Uh, it says that the sooner we do it, the less pain it will cost and the less generations it will affect. The sooner we do it, the better. Uh, so I threw down just a, a handful of solutions. I don't know that any of these will be in, in put into place, but it could allow it to not feel quite as jarring. Let's say that, that our politicians, our presidents, let's just go off of presidents because we typically know who the president is. Let's say that they put into law to add 1% to payroll taxes per year um, for two of their four-year election cycle. And then the next president does 1% for two out of their four years. Now you've balanced it out between two different potential you know, parties. <laughs> that way, neither party takes a heavy hit. Oh, look, at the Republicans are taxing this like crazy. Oh, the Democrats are taxing this like, like that. You could basically over the next, you could do it a half a percent a year during a four-year presidency. Uh, but the thing is, we saw you need about three and a third percentage increase in these payroll taxes to happen over the next 12 years. I'm not advocating for tax increases. I actually think government should get a little bit smaller and we should manage our own finances. I like if to get money right. they spent less, they wouldn't need to raise any taxes. Exactly. So, but that's one of the potential solutions. I'm just laying out potential opportunities here. The other thing they can do is they can delay the benefits from starting. Uh, right now, you can start getting benefits at 62. The latest is age 70 to start. They could just bump that back by three years or six years. Um, they're going to have to do a combination of these solutions at some point. Another thing is they could start to reduce benefits to people's current paychecks uh, by anywhere from, you know, one to five percent, again, in various election cycles. I don't know that anybody's going to do the hard work of that. I think that we may see this system get to the place where all the savings is gone and we see a dramatic decrease in benefits. And if that happens, this is another quote unquote solution, is you'll see our culture change some you will see people begin to move in with their family members in a way that we haven't done as much in the United States. In other cultures and other countries, it is very common for parents to live with their children um, in, in middle age and old age. It's very common to have three generations in a household, grandkids, kids, and grandparents. Sometimes you have four generations in a household. You've got a, a five-year-old child, a 30-year-old mom, a 55-year-old grandma, and an 80-year-old great-grandma. That is not unheard of, especially around the world. That's fairly normal. But our culture has been very individualistic because we've grown very quickly and had the margin. But if you start to see Social Security dip, you will see people moving in and families beginning to take care of each other more than they have in the past. The other thing the government could do is they could start to privatize some of the management of these funds, meaning every, every time I get paid, this money the government is taking directly out of my paycheck, and then the government manages it. And clearly the government has not done a great job. So what if they handed this to a company, they regulated the company, but they allowed the company to invest these funds a little bit more aggressively, get a better rate of return, and ensure that I actually get back out of Social Security the amount that I paid into it plus some. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go back and listen to the three episodes that we did, episode 69, 70, and 71, you'll get to hear all about how 
you're only getting out at, at a high end what you paid into Social Security. Yeah, right. Where you should, over the course of a 30, 40-year career, be getting double, double, and double again. So yeah. you should be getting like six to eight times out of what you put in. And instead, you get a dollar for dollar. Yeah, It's it's not good management. It's not getting money right. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and this is part of the reason why we continue to talk about this topic is because, as David said at the beginning, this is going to impact us, all of us. It is part of what we're not only putting into today, but what we may continue to put into at a higher rate in the future and whether we're going to get anything out of that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we live in the United States of America. There are benefits to us living here. I have no desire to move somewhere else because potentially the tax might go up a little bit. Uh, However, I would like to see more responsibility on our uh, politicians and our government leaders to start solving the problem. They're continuing to pass the buck. There's just not, unfortunately, the only way I can say it is there's just not not enough courage Mm -mm. uh, in our government leaders to take the right action. No action is going to be easy. Someone will have to make the sacrifice, potentially even their career sacrifice, in order to at least move this in the right direction. The other reason we talk about it is because we have no control over some of these things, right? Um, we mm. can vote certain people in, but again, neither side is willing to do anything about it. And because of that, it leaves it to us to decide, well, what are we going to do about this? If I can't fix the social security issue, if I can't uh, move them to make decisions that would at least preserve some of it so that we can see that benefit, is there something else I can do today? And if you're older, you have less options. If you're younger, you have more options. That's why we continue to promote what we're doing um, through Getting Money Right, which is to help you to you know, follow the four steps to purposeful living. First and foremost, spend on purpose. Save before you spend. Build that margin so you can invest wisely. Because if you don't invest and you expect the government to have this available to you, well, it's right there in writing. It's in their report. They're telling us by 2034, there will be no more money left in this little pool of money that supposedly is not even there. (laughs) Um, But the point is, you and I, if we retire, whatever age that is, whether it's 65, 67, or older, as they will probably change it, we may not have enough to live on if that's all we're expecting uh, to be the only source of income for us. So it's really important that we take personal ownership and say, okay, well, maybe I need to spend less and invest more. And this is why we exist here at Getting Money Right, is to help you to understand that this is a reality. There are certain things that we expect and hope from people, but we can't always depend, especially on people that have consistently shown us that they don't have uh, the courage to to act or they're not willing to sacrifice what would cost them in order to Mm -hmm. do the right thing. And so, again, I'm not trying to be ugly about our government leaders, but I am trying to be a realist and say it's up to me to decide whether I even consider Social Security as something that I'll rely on. Mm-hmm. Right now, my wife and I are old enough to, to think, you know, that's going to help. <laughs> but honestly, I'm not planning on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not part of our plan to say, I, I need this much from my Social Security, even though I paid into it, you know, for almost 40 years now. But unfortunately, it is something that we need to take on and say, what are we going to do about it? Our recommendation is become your own source of education, Mm -hmm. uh, not your own source, but certainly make education a priority and become your own source of putting a plan in place that works for you and your family. And that means investing. That means 
spending less and, and, and creating margins so that you can live on less so that if there isn't enough, you can always adjust down and know that you're still going to be okay. Yeah. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and learned a little bit about Social Security and why it's important to begin saving now, increasing your margin and investing wisely because the government's not going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. And while it is a great benefit to the people who are able to receive it, it will likely be reduced in the future or we'll see higher taxes or most likely a combination of both. No doubt. So start saving today. Get ahead of this thing. This is one of the reasons we recommend doing a Roth IRA and paying taxes on your income now and then not having to pay them when you retire and pull money out of your account is because I think that there's a pretty good chance that due to this and the amount of debt the government has, taxes may be higher in the future than they are today. Uh, doesn't, not a guarantee. We don't know what's going to happen, but it's why you should have a balance of Roth uh, individual retirement account funds and some non-Roth accounts as well, just traditional individual retirement accounts. So I hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope that you will rate, review, and subscribe. If you've not subscribed, go ahead and click on the little three dots and hit subscribe. Download the next couple episodes to get ahead and be able to listen to those while you're driving or jogging or whatever you're up to these days. And we hope that you will join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money right. right. If I can't fix the social security issue, if I can't uh, move them to make decisions that would at least preserve some of it so that we can see that benefit, is there something else I can do today? And if you're older, you have less options. If you're younger, you have more options. Mm -hmm.